Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording on in Los Angeles, the Kitsch, Shumash, and Tongva people, as well as paying our respects to their elders, past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hi, I'm Ioni Sky. Oh, I'm Ben Lee. I love when you formally introduce yourself to me. It takes me back to our first meeting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think you knew who I was when we met. I know, but you probably said, hi, I'm Ioni. Yes. Yeah. There was a mm. wonderful Christmas, Christmas Eve afternoon we met on. Yeah. In the house we now live in. And it's on film. I know, and I walked in not knowing that the the destiny, the future that we had together. Your karmic situation with this house. Could you imagine? Like, uh, that's the kind of thing you wonder, like, if I'd known that, would I have entered differently? I'd have been physically sick. Why? Well, I just mean with the nerves of anticipation. Oh. Like, if, if, if I'd have gone in with some kind of psychic flash of this is going to become the house you live in. Yeah. You're going to have a stepdaughter with the woman in here now who's not even, doesn't have a baby and a kid. Yeah. And you're going to have, be together for, you know, decades. Yeah. And I don't know, it's amazing. No, Enid, my mom, the yeah. whole thing. Your little, your little bro, Jack, who I've gone on to play music with. He's currently working on some production on a song that me and Johanna Samuels did together. I, I love mean, it's it. I love so the fun. name of that. It's old. It's an old. We can say it. Sunset Marquee. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good name for a song. It's very romantic. Sunset Marquee. We probably need to shoot a video for that song where we like actually just rent a room and shoot like a 90s style, like and actually just shoot something illegally in there. I mean, you the Sunset Marquee plays into our meeting, our romance. The night before we, we you know- did we did it or something? Well, the night before we had a big makeout session. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was we we've talked. Yeah, I've told that story. That was when Adam Levine gave me a pep talk <laughs> at the whiskey bar at the Sunset Marquee and said, "You can handle this," because I felt you know under just not capable of like stepping up to yeah. a woman eight years my senior. Right. We both punched up in different ways. Totally. And punched down in different ways. <laughs> Is that the term? Punching down. <laughs> well, how we how do we punch down? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. We just both punched up in different ways. I actually can't think of how we punched down, to be honest. Do you remember when I was being interviewed at the beginning of our dating on Australian television? And I think it was, I don't know, it was The Project or Rove or one of those shows. And they said, so you're uh, dating an older woman. And Kate said, why did they say that? That's rude. They should have said assisting the elderly. <laughs> From the mouths of babes. Exactly. What mm. movies have you, are you, have you been seeing any of the current movies these days? Saltburn? Haven't seen it. Can I tell you that I thought it was so fun mm -hmm. and I just wished I could rewrite the script and mm. make the lead character have more of a motivation, but- so you didn't like the writing. 
Well, I liked some of the writing was amazing. It was more just, there was a couple of things that would have, you know, those movies that could have been even better. And it's frustrating because you're like, oh my God, it was so close. It was so close. Right. Like Sophie's Choice, like had there been more comedy, say. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Just, I think, more motivation for the lead. Okay. Character and so this this bathwater, this famous bathwater scene. I mean, it's become this, you know. Oh yeah, meme. and more. That was hot, and more personal. Like, if you're going hot, like a more with the people. He the hottest scenes were with inanimate objects. Oh, so go hotter with the real people. I didn't realize that. So wait, do you mean there's like sexual chemistry between humans and inanimate objects? Well, I just mean the 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 sort of like sexy scenes are with him in the bathtub and then him like in the graveyard or something. I okay. can't actually- oh, oh, that, yeah, I've seen things on Twitter yeah, of him and pumping like you, the ground or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were- cool. Which I heard was like an improv, the, the actor, who's the actor who did that? Uh, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember yeah, his name. Not he's, Jacob Elordi, the other guy. But I heard yeah, that guy genius. demanded a closed set and asked to improvise. He was that so thing. good. And there was people sharing that saying, this is why directors have to learn to say no. Well, I thought he was brilliant. Have you ever wanted like some kind of wild new approach to a scene and like demanded an extra take or any of those? Kind well, of- you know, those scenes like, you know, being a young actor, like scenes where you get to like destroy a table in rage like you love when actors destroy you know what i'm saying like you get to like push everything off the table and throw stuff and and you just like wow this is going to be like an oscar winning scene and then you look back and it's like good but it's like every other scene where someone throws all the stuff off the desk everyone wants to be martin sheen in apocalypse now like having that real moment of being drunk and smashing the mirror and like lost in the character yeah yeah um but yeah yeah, there are certain scenes i mean i had a scene in camping i don't know if i think it made it where i put that's also a scene you've seen where women put like betty blue Mm -hmm. put lipstick around the lips yes on over the lips and it's like crazy yeah but um it's still really fun i mean my one was particularly interesting because my character in camping was so eccentric like um you know like um i always equate it to like what are the actresses like uh i don't even know the actress jennifer coolidge yeah kind of jennifer coolidge or fuck i'm forgetting her name she was an airplane Oh, right, right, right. Um, um, <clears throat> we've got to remember. Too, we'll, yeah. we'll Google it. But um, yeah, like an eccentric kind of wispy voiced mm. bizarre character. So for, for me looking in the camera saying like something, I don't know, I'm pretty or something, but in a, in a very odd voice and mm. style. So then it, it was not just a sort of femme fatale crazy ingenue doing it. It was like yeah, yeah. a weirdo doing it. And you and Jengana got to rub cake all over each other. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah, you yeah, sound yeah. turned on by that. I was You're mildly. Voice. I mean, look mildly. <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell in your words. You yeah. get this like. You got to uh, you cake all over each other. Um, and oh, it was wait. it was cake. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, I was just telling people last night we were with Jenny Connor, and I was telling them about a scene I did. Um, we were talking about Shell. We were singing Shelley Duvall's praises. Mm. Popeye, Three Women, The Shining. Mm fairy tale theater and then i was saying i did the show she did after called nightmare classics which was the same idea you get big actors to do you know remember fairy tale theater sure. yeah, it'd be yeah. like robin williams and the frog prince a bit of all. panto it, was, panto. it had that vibe of like actors, film actors doing a little panto on yes the side. and, and it had a like it was not like 
lo-fi. It was just hit perfectly. Mm. The way that um, the BBC used to do like Shakespeare, like I, Claudius, like it's like high, the costumes are actually really good, but the sets are sort of like, they're not like realistic completely, but it's still good. In any case, a bit of panto. But mine was uh, Camilla, I think Camilla, and it was this, from a from a short story about Victorian vampires and Jennifer, not Jennifer Tilly, Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly's oldest, older sibling, who is a bigger star for a, a while, was one of the women in it. And we had a, it was a lesbian vampire story. And um, it was awesome. And did you rub cake on each other? <laughs> no, but she, she jumped on me on a bed and like kind of bit my neck. And I was like, oh, I think I have a crush on Meg oh, Tilly. Oh, wonderful. I know. And I got to um, have a cat and I was so young. <laughs> I mean, I was like in my early 20s, but I'm such an animal lover. It's like, <laughs> it was like a dream job. Just I got to hold a cat. a cat. I got to be yeah. in costume. Vampires. Have you, have you ever, see, I... And Roddy McDowell, if anyone... Oh, yeah, who was that? Roddy McDowell was a, a child actor. Okay. He was like, became best friends with Elizabeth Taylor when he was older. He was this gay actor who was in How Green How Green Was My Valley or The Boy with the Green Hair, something in the 50s. Something was green. Yeah. And then he became, you've seen him in a million things, Roddy McDowell. He was just great and you know, he he was just fabulous and he took pictures. Mm. So he has so many pictures of every job. He did a billion jobs throughout his career. And I was in one of his last jobs and my brother worked with him as well once, but he was just a great person and cool actor. But anyway, he was in it too, which was fun. I, I was going to say, I, not being an actor, I was totally under the impression, like it's almost like the the urban legend of acting is that hysterical scenes are that's where real acting is like the 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 sobbing and the thrashing around yeah. and that you know and i remember i think it was like winona said that was the first person who said that to me that like th those scenes are actually easier yeah. to do than more subtle scenes yeah. and uh, think of rod steiger or something think certain, of rod stewart and rod stewart. no yeah. rod like certain actors that don't do anything, but right. you feel so much and you're like, Jesus, this is, this is where it's at. Not, I think it's all good, you know, yeah, yeah. but those, yes, the actors who can kind of not have to yell, but I mean, not that yelling is bad. I'm just saying there's no rules, but it's like, totally. if you can do that, holding something, you know, that intensely. But isn't it so paradoxical, like as, especially as you move on with your craft how much not doing anything is part of doing the thing well. Like there's all of this craft and technique and everything you have to learn, but a huge part of expertise in any area is simply being relaxed and being present. Yeah. And it is so, so hard to learn. I know. So I know. Those uh, like the ballet performances where you don't feel the effort, but obviously they've done hours and hours and hours and hours. But mm. yeah, true, true. Had a fun night the other night going to your old bestie, Amelia Fleetwood's, what number birthday was it? Probably fi oh, 50, well, I'm 53, so 53. 53 at, the, where was the Red Lion Inn? Yes. In Silver Lake? Yes. I had um, never been there. Never been there. We sat down straight away with Amanda. Nick Valencia and Amanda Decadenay, and Nick said this was like a dude's hang place for him. Like he'd never brought his wife there not only because he thought Amanda wouldn't like it, but he thought she wouldn't like him being there. Right. <laughs> it was like a place of almost like 
a deep shame for him. But she it was like, looked, it was like, yeah, it was like, she looked bemused by the atmosphere. Well, the food was not, it was, it was a place to drink. I think that's why. Well, I think it's like, if you have great food, you can almost hide the binge drinking. Um, but in the, sort of like in the guise of it sure. being a civilized gathering, whereas this was like- Yeah, uh, it sort of was like, well, a German, but there yeah. was good And beer. in Germany, the food's not great often. But That's, that, we, I ordered something that had warm red cabbage, and mm. that was amazing. Mm. I mean, I've had cabbage soup, which is warm, and then there's also like borscht, which can be warm or cold, but- um, Eastern European, whatever. But this warm cabbage, I kind of am craving it. Mm. But also I think cabbage is like I can crave. If I start eating cabbage, there must be something in it that's red, like the purple cabbage that's like good, for, really good for you. There must be. There must be, but that was good. But, <laughs> that we were but anyway, it was a really good, it was a really good night. The food got cold. So I, I only, ordered some potato pancakes that was, were just frozen hash browns. That so was not- uh, Yeah, I'd which could go either choice. way. Yes. You never Look, if know. you're at home and doing a hungover fry up, it's great. But sure. At a party. And, and it was outdoors and kind of chilly, so the yeah. food got cold right away. But, so we saw Amanda Decadene and Nick Valenci. Had a great hang with Daphne and Pali. And oh. Pali really wanted to do a deep dive with me on the whole Tim Minchin thing that went oh. down that the beautiful babies will know. Oh, because you know. he's interested in squashing beef and also creating some problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's interested. He's also just interested in the concept of like noble revenge. Yeah. And the I idea love that, that like you can like sometimes resolving things with people that you've had drama with is like getting revenge that's stats that's satisfying yeah you know? no so he I, was telling me he had all these people from the past that he loved the idea of getting the opportunity to actually like have a either a sit down or a you know some sort of thing that you don't get the chance to do without a platform often you know i know that so. was great and i love daphne and amy looked amazing in a faux fur jacket with this like suede either Louis Vuitton or Yves Saint Laurent little suede brown bag that went with the coat. She's, you really, you love that bag. You've mentioned that bag. Well, many, many. Are you dropping hints about a like well, future No, we, have, we should here? spend money on other things. Those kind of presents are great when your finances aren't mixed. Like when it's truly a gift well, from someone that has, that's money that's not yours. But when you buy each other fancy gifts within a marriage and you know you're well, spending we, we shared money. Well, we sort of money, like you know, are like, building a business and yeah, yeah, it yeah. just does, it feels like it's all good. Yeah, yeah. But, but it looked it fabulous. Looked yeah, just yeah. this kind of color, the browns together were really good. And I love John C. Riley. Yeah, John. And I, and I love Alison Dickey, his wife. Yeah, and John's gearing up to do his show at the, I think, the Pasadena Playhouse. He has this character, Mr. Romantic, where he sings sort of all these standards and yeah. old country songs. And and he does it all within the show, of, within very, like, just a romantic format. So and as good as he is as an actor, his the music is just as good. Yeah, he's like, good. He's, he's, well, he's really created a character, which I think is great when actors do that because it's almost like they're not in denial of being an actor right. when they're doing music. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. And then it was funny, um, Francesca Gregorini had just wrapped her film Her that third day. movie. I know. I was like, this is like your rap party. But you know what's funny? The <laughs> next day I opened up Instagram and Francesca said, look, I just made my first reel. And she'd made like a little reel of photos of her and Tatiana. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. I didn't realize that's what you wrapped. It was really took you 13 days to uh-huh. do that. Just kidding. She really JK. wrapped a real movie. JK, real movie, real movie. Oh but, my um, God. Well, but- she and Tatiana von Furstenberg's relationship has been so inspiring and wonderful. Yeah. And when they- I first met them, they, um, it was, we all used to like hang out non sexually 
in baths. It was very like, you know, we would have a bath and a chat. Like How many ju- would you get in there? How many people could it was you squeeze just in? Usually two at a time, but um oh my god, I'm just thinking of another funny story for the memoir. You want to give a little give a hint. It's at um is it at the Mercer? Yeah, it's at the Mercer Hotel in New York involving um Pete, wait, who's the director of Friday Night Lights? Um, fuck. It's so hard to remember names when you're like focused on, mm. he's a dude. He's okay. like a real dude anyway. And Zoe Cassavetes. I mean, nothing, Zoe's not implicit. She's not implicit? No, what's what the mean? word? I'm not incriminating her in this no. scenario. Zoe's not hopping in a bath. Wait, what does implicit thing? mean? Implicit is like innate to something. It's it's oh no, impl- like implied. It's, yeah, it's, it's another word truth. with those Latin roots. Implicated. Implicated. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I thought you were going to tell the story about when you first met Tatiana and she was paper macheing her boobs. Oh, yeah. That's a great right. story. <laughs> that's that's in the that's in the book. Okay. Are you going to tell? You okay, just I'll tell, tell the story. <laughs> I don't know. I want everyone to buy the book. Well, it was an afternoon in Los Angeles and I was weeping and... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Because Anthony was going on tour and we were fighting. Oh. And we were in a duplex, our duplex apartment, a beautiful deco duplex apartment in West Hollywood. And we were having a fight and he said, you, you'll be all right. You know, there's two girls have moved in upstairs. You should be friends with them. Because I was, my world was becoming smaller and smaller. You can imagine, hmm. you know, he was like a using thre- a junkie. junkie yeah. And, you know, it was a hard relationship. And I was like, all right. And he went to pack or something. And I, for some reason, I was like in jeans. I had like maybe showered and just put on my jeans and I didn't have on a shirt yet. And I walked upstairs holding my boots. <laughs> That's so weird. Isn't to it? To meet people you didn't know yet. I know. Um, and I was crying, but it was as if I intuited something because I yeah. walk in and they're topless, Beata and Tatiana, because they're doing, but Bayada was at Cal Arts at the time. Right. She might've been doing a project yeah. and they were paper macheing. And so I just started chatting. And the truth is, I think the reason I was topless is because I had met Tatiana before. And you knew that topless was a well, normal state of affairs. If you know Tatiana, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like, she's a real lady. Like yeah. literally, I think she is a lady. A real topless lady. I think she's yeah. ro- royalty, but she's also... Bohemian, yeah, so I yeah, knew yeah, she yeah. wouldn't mind. Gotcha. But I was weeping and topless, and we ended up doing paper mache. And I was before you knew it, felt great. You know the power of female friendship. The power of paper mache. <laughs> yeah. um, can we talk about our delicious dinner at Jar the other night Aww. with um, Cam and Mike Raphael? So, for people that uh, love pods, you've probably heard Poog which is Kate Berlant and Jacqueline Novak's podcast, which, by the way, Jacqueline Novak's Netflix special, Get On Your Knees, is out this week. And that we Natasha saw it at Largo. Le- yeah. Natasha Leon directed. And we saw it at Largo a couple of years back, and it's amazing. Yeah. So people should watch people, it. But, people see it several times. But part of their mission is to turn people on to the power of Jar, the restaurant. It really and, is. And they, they they did it for us. We we went there, and we've gone well, back know, several I'll times. Well, you know, I'll say that awesome. the combination of – the wood paneling, the lighting, of course, is so important. The room, it's like, I believe it's carpeted, but in a good way. And it's chic, but it's not like, it's not like super stuffy fancy, but it's almost like being in a beautiful, like, I've never been on a cruise. Yeah, it feels like you're on a cruise though. You know, Bruch Hashem or something. <laughs> I don't ever want to go on a cruise except 
the there you know maybe there's one on this on you know in Egypt in the small boat or something that sounds fabulous mm-hmm. or like from Death and Death and Venice or what's the cruise mm-hmm. from you know yeah okay well, Agatha Christie yeah. a chic there's a certain chic, type of cruise yeah. small chic cruise but anyway this is like being on a nice but cruise. you know why else it's like a cruise is it always at least half the people eating dinner are senior citizens yes but they're very like glamorous yes. and they're, they're dressed up to go out to dinner it's it's one of those restaurants. There's not that many restaurants where you get that real mix of generations. Yes. All stylish and black eating. And white. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really but good. So, yeah. So it's got that feeling. There's always older people. The first time I went there, I saw Nancy Silva, or no, Nancy Silverton. <laughs> sorry. Silverton. Nancy Silverton from, you know, who's who's my mom's friend who has Mozza. A, Mozza. Um, so she's a foodie and I was like, okay, this place is good. And it is really good. And the waiter, the wait staff, the way they talk about food, it's almost like they on, get you pumped. on Instagram yes. when you watch food, I hate the term food porn, whatever, mm. you know, it's like the way they describe it. It's like, yeah. you feel like they've cooked it and they're telling you like, you know, we, we squished the sage, but it's not over the top. Like when people do the too much explaining in the wrong way, you're like, Please stop talking about the, this. Yeah, this is inappropriate. Inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's no cons- consent. Yes. <clears throat> but the way they do it, you're like, yeah, because they genuinely, I think, are into it. Yeah, it was it was so good. And our friends Cam and Mike, who we've known from the neighborhood for several years, but it's fun because they're. I f- I feel like I've told this story before, but Mike came up to us at the Mulholland Tennis Club and he's one of the only people who's ever who came up to me and was like I love the song Free Diving which is the song I did with Nigo the bathing ape oh, nice. guy and like he he's just cuz he comes from that world of streetwear of yeah. Supreme and Stussy and stuff so um so yeah it was really fun to have a little I don't know it felt like a little meeting of the minds about culture. And we were, we're both about. in the in Laurel Canyon. So yeah. we sort of it's it is a bit of a village in a way. And we sort of went through our mutual friends. Like mm. it was fun to talk. And they also like really believe in you as a painter, which I love. I love all these. I feel like there's people more coming to the like you've had with the memoir, people kind of getting in your corner. I feel like that's gonna happen more and more in these different areas. Like people yeah, want to champion. People have you. always liked my paintings, but now I guess it's because I'm feel ready to do another show soon, mm. and I don't know. It's just nice. Also, now I'm talking to more people who are kind of in the art world, yeah. so it'll be good. You're vibrating visual art energy out, and people are meeting you. It's exciting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I was I was talking to Richard Shepard about paint, like writing. I could write almost like on a busy subway. Like I could kind of write anywhere, mm. but painting. I think I associate it to being single more or being like when I was married to Adam and he was at the studio a lot and I kind of felt like I was having my own space. So I have to do cognitive therapy. I have to reprogram myself to realize like you can paint even if you're living in a house with your kid and your husband and there's dogs running around. Like we have space and I have a studio area. But also I think maybe just psychologically and emotionally it was an escape for you. It was like your room of one's own. Yeah. And you kind of have to like reconnect with that side of you that like lets yourself have that maybe. Yeah, because I view – when I painted here last I was single Mm. and in New York when I lived in New York and it – Naturally, if you're alone bumbling around the house, like your creativity, it just feels so, but that might've been just being in my twenties. You you have a different, you know, I'm a real, you know, whatever, ethereal 
poetic, like, I don't want to say dreamer. You're a fairy. You're fae. You're one of the fae children. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, fae children. <laughs> Do you remember when we were at that stone circle with your dad in Ireland? Yes. And I was making some little movies. He took us out. Thank and, God and he made turns, those movies. And he turns to the camera and he goes, I do believe in fairies. I do. I do believe in fairies. I was like, that is the archetypal Donovan moment I just captured oh, on film. It's so yeah. good. Um, um, but, uh, but I was going to say the other thing is to um, paintings. Oh, I wanted to talk about um, that we went to uh, the Tycoons Club. <gasps> the Tycoons yeah, Club. So um, uh, Matt Devine, uh, who used to be in Kill Hannah, this band, and now is involved in a bunch of different things, he invited us to have a little meeting there about some things we're working on with Marvin Scott Jarrett. And he has this place he calls the Tycoons Club, and it's this amazing guest house that he's decorated. Like It reminds me of like an old, like, where did like the Flintstones, the guys were like part of those clubs where they would wear the horns and everything? The Poobah? Yeah, or yeah, like not Freemasons, it's, but it's that type of vibe. Yeah, it's like but a, decorated. So the name is deceiving because Tycoon's Club sounds almost like entourage. Like it right. sort of sounds it could go in one direction, but it, it, the way he's, his whole vibe and the way he decorated it, it reminds me a little bit of Shakespeare and Company. The, the, he was in oh, the bookshop. Yeah, he was a man from Massachusetts who moved to Paris and he had this bookstore and he died maybe 10 years ago, I don't know. But uh, I went, you, you, he had this bookstore that was amazing and upstairs he lived. And if you knew him, and I knew him through Rachel Horovitz, Adam and I spent the night there in Paris one night and he cooked us dinner and it was like so funky, but all antiques, mm. very maximalism, but this Man, no, Matt. Matt is an interior designer, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's done in a way that's like, just like not not like so done in quotations. Beautiful pieces. He just has it. The lighting was amazing. And then he had the the entry to membership to the club is you have to pick an orange from the tree outside, and then he makes you an old fashioned with that orange, and then you're officially a member. Yeah, it's old so, Hollywood yeah. glam meets you know just kind of English country house. Like it's eclectic, but in that kind of you know late 1800s up until the 50s. Yeah. And so, but the Shakespeare and Company person, I forgot his name. He cooked us the craziest meal, and it was like in a pan that it had just been, never been washed. Oh, like that's greased. so French, isn't it? So just like French. let the grease build yeah, up and build up. Yeah, but it was it was good. We were worried about, but it was really good. But it was you know this great you know with rugs as bedspreads and you know just all very eccentric, but like tasteful, amazing. And it's hard to Matt creates that atmosphere. Like everyone wants that salon, that like you know Gertrude Stein, whatever. And you can't fake it. You know, you can't like be, create that kind of eccentric vibe that, that actually does feel really creative and good. Mm -hmm. But he ha he's able to host that vibe. Yeah. So my mom might do a poker night there. That would be amazing. She's a real macha. She'll be the real. Your mom, my mother-in-law, who has been, you know, friend of the pod too, mother yeah. of the pod and friend of the pod. Um, she's, she's a gangster. And she was such a beautiful baby, speaking, that's what we call our fans. <laughs> but it's funny that she became such a kind of like, you know, maybe it's the Bronx in her, who knows what it is. But when she was a baby, she was this like 
talk about a fae, fairy. Mm. She had little blonde curls and looked like so innocent. I feel when I see pictures of her as a kid and I think of my grandfather who was great and I was like probably the closest to him as of anyone in the family. He was amazing. Um but like a like a, 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 a Hungarian you know just like a a piece of work like just full of beans like just probably scary as a dad not he never hurt his kids right. or anything but just his personality was so big like my cousin was like grandpa benny uncle benny was scary like but it was just cuz he was like the guys in goodfellas like big yeah. pr- but without the killing but well yeah your your family has this kind of like it's, it's like a East, subtle gangster side to it it's like an like, eastern european it's like the jewish gangster kind I of mean, thing like i feel like your mom does know some secrets that could bring down because it could ruin some people's lives. I don't know about that. You don't think she knows where a few bodies are buried? Uh-uh. No? I don't know about that. But I do know she hasn't been afraid to date people who, like, you know, sold pot and whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. she's yeah. she's cool. Or she, she likes to also get, like, the in. Like, oh, you know, usually no one lets someone in there. But I can be let in there because I'm, you know. There is something about people that have led you know, somewhat dangerous or lives somewhat on the edge of what civilized society at becoming these dignified grandparents that it's just like such a win. You know what I mean? Like I love seeing a gangster just become like a harmless old grandparent. Yeah. I mean, for her, when we say gangster, it means like kind of that she just suffers no fools. She's like, she doesn't fake it. She'll never like... You know, she she'll, even, and she'll make some difficult choices, and she'll take them to the grave. Exactly, you know? <laughs> and she'll, you know, she won't like pretend she liked something she didn't, or yeah. even her own food. She's like, it was a bit dry. Yeah. Did it? She's very. I don't know if my mom has any secrets. I'm not sure. She doesn't. She doesn't. Your mom also is really. But my mom's more of an anxious type, so she'd want to tell the secrets. I think. But she's yeah. also very like um, matriarchal yeah, in I a know. good we both, way. We both had some tough mamas. But good. I mean, in a good. Yeah, t- me too. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, good tough role is models. good. It's funny. I think tough isn't good, yeah. but it is good. No, good role models. Um, what was I gonna say? So oh. we're gonna have a meeting this afternoon with Safi and Malik about Subtle Urban Sex Appeal season two. Yeah, little strategy production Yee-hoo. meeting, which I'm excited about. Season one. If people haven't checked out that podcast yet, there's ten episodes in season one. It's all finished. It's a great time to check it out. You can listen. You yeah, know, if you're confused through. why every third post is is of other people <laughs> doing a podcast, it's something these we're are producing our that we're very excited. These about. are our yeah, children yeah, yeah. that we we're really really excited about. So Violet, my niece, is going back to school. She's been in LA for a while. She's I'm very proud of her. She's like become a model, and I'm yeah. really. She's like she's a, becoming like her mom, like a supermodel. Yeah. She's on her on her trajectory. Yeah, so that's um been kind of exciting, and I don't think she's in the new issue of Vogue. Right? Yes, yeah. so I'm plugging her. Yeah. If I don't know why, but she's she's yeah. got it. You're proud of her. I'm proud of her. Yeah, and she's a good egg. Absolutely. Um, how about the chilling billionaire story we heard? Oh yeah, that's so weird. We. Both heard this story during the week and we it took us like half an hour to try and figure out where we'd heard it. But the story was so fascinating. It was that there was a group of like billionaires at a dinner table. Maybe on one of those retreats, which I picture like from Succession, you know, the yeah, retreats. Yeah, like some kind of Illuminati and- retreat in the hills. <laughs> and that these guys sat around. But in the Bezos billionaire world, like that kind tech of- Tech billionaires and tech stuff. Tech billionaires and stuff. Talking around- 
when they have to go underground into their bunkers. I don't even think it's underground. I think, I think that's where the bunkers are, aren't but they? But I think they're their not- bunkers, billionaire bunkers, are like domes. I picture it like these, like they have like- You're picturing James Bond bunkers. Well, yeah, like they but have- But remember on the Kardashians when they actually looked at a bunker? It wasn't like that. Oh. Bunkers, they were just like underground. Right. Because like, I think if you get bombed, you want to- yeah, But yeah, anyway, yeah. they were talking about, is it better to let the help- bring their families underground into the bunker because because the if the they were the help may not revolt if they're happy because they have their family there but then the trade off is you have to support the families and you have to um there's actually you become outnumbered if they all have their families, is is this a crazy? It just like, sounds like so sci- ruthless conversation, like sci-fi, <laughs> like and also like the Russian Revolution. Like it sounds like people revolting against the you know one percent, but that is wild to think of it as the people you're bringing to help clean up your house for you and cook for you. Should you let them have their little families to let off steam? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's gorgeous. Chilling. Uplifting story. I yeah. know. Um, I've got some music coming out soon. Like me and Shamir did a song a few years back that we only put out on SoundCloud and we're going to re-release it properly digitally, which Good. I'm excited about. Yes. And, um, and that one. With, and I spent a really fun day with John Vanderslice in the studio the I other know. day. Um, we John's an absolute indie rock legend. He had tiny telephone studios. He's made beautiful records for years. And we did, we wrote this song together um, called uh, God Since We Were Young that is, I'm really excited about. So we're going to finish that next week and get it out there. Yeah. So yeah. about the conflict. Of Between like confidence the, as an artist, the confidence you feel mixed with the insecurity you feel, and how you sort of ping pong back and forth. I love it. I heard them. the yeah. demo, and it's yeah, it's so really good. it's really really good. Yeah. So, uh, beautiful babies. Uh, you know what? We haven't asked people to like write a little review, a yeah, little five rate, star rating or whatever. Do subscribe, that kind of subscribe, yeah. rate, and review. Yeah. And oh my god, you're getting so good at plugging yourself. I, I feel know. like this is this new era of you plugging yourself is going to be it's it's like filling the gap between where you want your career to be and where it's you know what i mean it's like i think self promotion is like getting comfortable with it like cuz you've struggled with that so much hey yeah i've got I a little i feel like you've like made peace with it yeah i have it's admirable i know thanks you're a gangster yeah yeah all right I'm and not- you're all gangsters too beautiful babies beautiful babies we love you um we'll we'll be around we're going to go to Santa Barbara and New York. Oh, yeah. I've got some trips planned. But that that's all. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together.